presented by Microsoft Circus. I am excited to be joined by, well, you might know him as Robbie Gold, but I think we know him as RG9, 49ers kicker Robbie Gold. Wait, has that always been your nickname? Uh, you know, it's just kind of started over the last, I guess, ever since Chicago, because I've always been number nine. Um, and it's just kind of stuck with me ever since. So, uh, yeah, now everything's hashtag RG9, hashtag trivia, you know, you name it. It's always hashtag RG9. Yeah, speaking of your social account, it's so much fun. You have, you have pictures of the boys, there's trivia, there's like throwback photos. Uh, give me a little bit of inspiration of this rebranding of, of your podcast or your, your social media account. Well, I think a lot of it had to do with, um, one, I hired a really good company in Kinship. Uh, they helped me out to, to, to be able to, you know, I, I'm not the, I, I hate like projecting things about myself. That's just not who I, I am. And, um, you know, but I also think that there's something to being able to relate to athletes in some capacity to show that there's a different side of you than just a football player so uh, for me it's been a lot of fun to be able to show people just kind of like what the chaos in our house is like with three boys and you know how, the big part for me too is in the season is I think there's a lot of guys on the roster that sometimes can go unnoticed um, and you know I started this RG9 trivia where it's kind of like a shout out to my teammates for you know things that um, they're doing well as opposed to the, you know, the negative when you're losing or, hey, this is what you did wrong. So uh, I think it's been a lot of fun to be able to brainstorm and uh, come up with some new concepts. And uh, it's fun to be able to give your teammates some praise because they deserve it. Yeah, I really enjoy this. I almost feel like you're still in my job coming up with these like really cool nuggets of like what your teammates have done. And I'm like, uh, I should probably write about this. He, he's got some good stats there. So <laughs> I like it. Um, but you talked about the- I, I wish I could take credit for all that. I'm going to be honest with you. The 49ers PR department has been uh, really helpful and given me the uh, online tools I need through uh, all the uh, media reporters. So I, use, I steal their stats. I'm not going to lie. But Sometimes we can find some fun things in the locker room to use, but uh, shout out to the uh, San Francisco 49ers PR department. Oh, so you don't just pull those out of like your, your knowledge, your, your bowl of knowledge that you some, have. Sometimes, but more often than not, I, I you know, I kind of collaborate with the PR department to say, Hey, like, uh, is this something that's unique uh, that no one's talking about? And uh, we kind of get to a point where it's like, Hey, this is a good, a good stat to use. Um, because it's like, you know, George Kittle, fastest tight end to 3,000 yards. You know, it's something that a lot of people might talk about. But, um, you know, Jason Verrett having 24 yards, he's given up in the last three starts. You know, things like that that people um, during, you know, a two-game losing streak, people might not, you know, see the sight of because they're worried about everything that went wrong. So, uh, you know, even when there's things that are wrong, uh, I think a lot of people uh, on the team are playing well. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, showcasing that for people that, you know, the walls aren't falling in, the season's not over. And, you know, I think highlighting those guys that are uh, putting in a lot of hard work and effort during practice and you see it show up in the game deserve their credit. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to what you said a little earlier. You talked about the craziness of three boys in the house. How has Robbie Gold been dealing with the three boys uh, and football season and everything else this crazy year that we've had well you know obviously I miss them they're they're back in Chicago so uh, you know thank God for FaceTime 
um, you know, we just made a decision, you know, they haven't been out here a lot with me uh, during the seasons just because of not wanting to uproot them and their friends and kind of their lifestyle that they have uh, in, in essence. Um, so my oldest son is in his third week of going into school now he's got a new class so he's got new friends uh, my middle son is um, back in school for his third week with his old friends and then my wife is at home with the the two-year-old so um, you know they love sports they love checking on dad they love watching the NFL on Sundays um, you know it's kind of unique because they started playing flag football and baseball this offseason and um they have a whiteout this week, so they're super pumped. We're wearing the all-white jerseys because Dad has a whiteout and they have a whiteout for their last game. So uh, it's chaotic. That you know, I had a great off-season with them because I got a chance to get up in the mornings with COVID and not leave the house. So we worked out together. You know, we went and golfed together. You know, Dad took him for ice cream. We went for donuts on Saturday. Like we made like some fun family traditions. So. Pizza Fridays and Donut Saturdays are a staple in our household. As, as a professional athlete, it's probably not the best menu, so don't tell Jordan Mazur. But, um, you know, it's been, it's been a lot of fun to be able to, you know, spend a lot of time with them. And, you know, obviously when the season's over, I'll be back uh, to being a dad and a husband. And right now I'm focused on being a football player. Okay, you brought up your son's game. They're having a whiteout. 49ers are having a whiteout. But I think if I'm not mistaken, you were the one to break the news that the team is wearing all white on Sunday. I know, but here's the thing. Every team in the National Football League does a jersey reveal except for us. So I, I didn't know it was like this biggest kept secret. So sorry, marketing. Sorry, corporate sales. Like that's totally on me. Um, yeah, I just didn't know it was that big of a deal. It turned out to be this huge story. But I guess the 1994 jerseys are a huge hit. I love them, but good things usually happen in those jerseys. So hopefully that magic continues. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, they were going to kind of announce it and then you hop on Twitter and Instagram, Robbie Gold's like, can't wait to wear this this weekend. Hey, listen, if you ever need the newsworthy stuff, just come to my social account. I'll give you everything you need to know. I'll give you the inside scoop. <laughs> you said good things happen in these uniforms. I want you to rank your uniforms. How would you rank your, your favorite 49ers uniforms? Uh, I love the Reds, the red, uh, the home jerseys, and then I would say the 1994 throwbacks, um, the white jerseys, and then I really like the all-black jerseys on the color rush on Thursday nights. Um, I think the 49ers have one of the cleanest, classiest uh, color schemes, jersey schemes, with probably one of the most complicated, actually, logos, <laughs> uh, you know, to have on, like, a helmet or to wear on – um shirts and stuff like that but uh you know I think uh I've been lucky enough to play for a lot of I'll call them historic franchises you know the New York Giants they were very similar to New York with the clean blue um and the NY you know just clean classic kind of looks Chicago obviously had the sea and the navy navy blue and, and orange so um I've been lucky enough to play for some very classic uh organizations in in the NFL and it's always nice to – I'm a big history buff. So, like, for me, is 1994 is probably close to my rookie year <laughs> uh, in all reality. Uh, you know, I just enjoy the fact of the guys who have come before us and, and what they laid the groundwork for and why this organization has obviously had a lot of Super Bowl champs and, you know, have had a lot of success. And those guys are really the standard. And to be able to wear those jerseys, it kind of makes you um, work a little harder and, and understand what, what – the history of this place means.
Absolutely. Um, side note, I am also in the minority here. I am a big fan of the all black jerseys. Not many people are, but I was a big fan of them. I yeah. Them. So I got lucky. I, we had those my rookie year or my rookie year, my rookie year here. Um, uh, and I, it was awesome. I loved it. We wore them against the, uh, Rams. They wore their all yellows. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think it's just one of those uniforms that, uh, was a clean, very like I don't know there's something different when you get in an all-black jersey you get a little more energy you get a little excited I even got excited to maybe tackle someone even though I wasn't <laughs> going to um but yeah it gives you gives you a lot to look forward to that's for sure on game day I forgot you're uh not rookie but your first year with the 49ers same as mine so we came in at the same time and I remember that game in the all-black jerseys uh so long but now we're on to the white this weekend okay well let's talk about this year being a kicker, how different has it been kicking in stadiums with zero fans? Does that change the game for you? How is that? You know, it's been interesting. Um, you know, I don't really need a whole lot of – I love the fans, first of all. Like, I love when they cheer. I love, like, the making a field goal and on the road and they all go quiet. And, you know, there's something to that that you miss for sure. Um, but I think in this sport and in, in this profession, like, you have to find a lot from within yourself. Um, and you do that before you even go out to see the fans, especially in pregame, because there's usually not a full stadium. Um, and then by the time you kick off, you're like, oh, okay, I can do a little bit more. You don't feel those bumps probably as, as some players might. And I think um, it's definitely been different. You know, obviously we have one of the best fan bases uh, in the National Football League, uh, really worldwide, which is kind of unique. Um, but I think a lot of it, it just comes down to uh, understanding that this is us special circumstances and we're definitely in a special uh county <laughs> to say the least um and i think you know we're one of the only stadiums where we have to wear a mask on the sideline uh so you know trying to you know balance some of these protocols with um physical activity and and kind of seeing what's going on around the stadium um has definitely been different for everybody and it's just a part of what we have to do this year as a, as a player and as an organization. A big thank you to our partner, Microsoft Surface. Microsoft Surface plays a huge role in preparation and game day for the San Francisco 49ers. And as a proud partner and the preferred laptop of the San Francisco 49ers, Microsoft Surface provides players and coaches with the tools needed to succeed both on and off the field. I want to talk about the importance of the kicker position. There's so many games that we see that literally rely on the kicker's leg to either win or lose a game. Those high pressure moments, we saw it this past week when Monday Night Football, um, Saints Chargers, we saw the Chargers kicker could have, you know, essentially won that game for them, but uh, went right off the upright. But what are your favorite type of games do you embrace those high pressure moments like that would you prefer to have maybe a laid-back day like Mitch had in New York where he just kind of just hung out on the side like what are your favorite type of games well if we were going for two every time I would for sure enjoy hanging out on the sideline knowing that we're scoring a lot of points potentially but um, you know I think in the National Football League I think Kyle Shanahan does a great job of uh, portraying uh, you know you might win by a lot you might lose by a lot it might be a tight game. We might, you know, it might be back and forth. You're down a little bit. You come back. Like there's a million ways to win a game in the National Football League. Um, and for us, it's about trying to play complementary football in all three phases. And you know, I think uh, anytime you go into a game, you know that it's going to be close because 
a lot of games in the National Football League are uh, obviously decided by one possession or three possession, three points or less. I mean, if you look at the Chargers, they had, I think, 11 games over the last two years where they've had one possession. We've been there. I mean, we my first year here, we had a lot of those. So, I mean, I know and understand uh, what those games are going to come down to. And I think um, if it ever gets in those situations, I get pretty excited about those opportunities. And I think uh, those are times where um, you just have to go out there and trust your keys and do the things that you do best that you've done in practice and know that um, at the end of the day, if you trust that, then everything will be okay. I think that takes me back. I don't, I can't remember if it was the 2017 or 2018 season and boy, you, you were, you were that clutch guy for the team. I mean, yeah, a lot fun. of those games. Yeah, we had, we kicked a lot of field goals, uh, obviously, um, we were in a little bit of a rebuilding process. Um, a lot of the guys that were on that team really aren't here anymore. Um, but I think it was good for us to be in those close games early on to give us the sense that, hey, we can win. Um, it's just a matter of executing on a few different plays because I think leading up into before I got here, uh, it really hadn't been like that. So I think it gave us a lot of confidence and, and really gave us the opportunity to learn how to win in the NFL. Um, and you can see that by, you know, being in those close games last year and winning a lot of those as opposed to losing them. Uh, I brought up Mitch's name because he did have that game where he had zero punts and he was just hanging out over there. Um, talk, talk to me about you guys' relationship. I mean, now you guys have gone into now a year and some change together. Uh, how have you guys built a bond and have you picked up any Australian slang? Um, you know, it's funny because every day you're learning something new from him for sure. Uh, you know, I think it's kind of unique because I, I, I have one of the most diverse um, special teams rooms from coaches and players. You know, we have every ethnicity, we have every uh, type of conversation and background and age. And I think for us, it's kind of unique to be able to share those stories because it takes me to what we're, we're going through here in the present day, whether it be through COVID or whether it be through social injustice or um, other uh, narratives that uh, we have to navigate in, in, in current times, right? So uh, it's kind of unique because I think if you could put everybody in a locker room and or in a, even just our bubble as specialists, um, I think that there's a lot of respect you have for each other. You have a, a lot of different upbringings and um, a mutual respect for how you grew up and what you went through. So um, for me, you know, it's coming in every day, trying to help him grow as, as a player. Um, and obviously, for me, it's been fun because I think he's got an awesome work ethic. I think he wants to, to be really good in the National Football League. And he has all the tools as a punter uh, to help us change field position. He has an opportunity for us to get turnovers with the different kicks that he has. And, um, you know, you've seen a lot of growth from him this year. Uh, from just understanding the game of football. And I think uh, you're starting to see his career take off. I want to talk about what you've been doing this year and you have been kicking for a cause. I actually saw uh, your name on TMZ and kind of freaked out. Like, why is Robbie Gold on? Like, why is there news on TMZ? But it's for a good <laughs> Yeah, I'm not dating a celebrity or anything like that. <laughs> like, I'm very happily married. I got three amazing kids. Like, yeah, I'm not in the streets of Santa Clara doing some crazy stuff, you know? You scared me, Robbie. But what you are doing is you're pledging $500 to fight pediatric cancer for every field goal made this season uh, to Cal's Angels. Tell me a little bit about Cal's Angels and how this idea came about. 
Yeah, so I've known the Cal's Angels organization for a couple years now. I've really started to um, embrace uh, their organization over the last year. Um, you know, we had a conversation of like families that were involved, trying to say hello to, to people that would go into the hospital at certain times and just kind of make sure that they um, had somebody that they were thinking of them. And, you know, for me, um, as an athlete, there's always this platform to help and do more and, and create awareness for uh, certain conversations. And for me, I think um, Cal sticks out a lot because of, I have three kids of my own and I know, and I've seen, and I've had family members that have had cancer. And, you know, I think watching families go through what they're going through, I couldn't imagine doing that with my kids, let alone um, just being a, a part of the sideline and, and watching families go through it. So um, I decided that uh, for every field goal that we make this year, which will probably turn into every field goal we attempt, most, more, uh, most likely, um, that I'm going to donate $500 to Cal's Angels and with the help of others, um, hopefully reach $50,000 by the end of uh, the season. We've had some other people pledge um, per field goal, which is really cool. And then my company, uh, Eventlify, which is a uh, software program for event management um, got on board and you know it's been a lot of fun to be able to change people's lives and do something uh, that will make them forget about what they're going through so um, you know there's a website up kicksforkids.eventlify.com or just follow me on social media robbygold09 and you know it doesn't matter how big or small just every little piece of a donation or even volunteerism somewhere for other organizations is just as uh, important as you know giving a dollar amount. Last year you had 23 made field goals. This year we're already at seven, so we can't wait to see you make more. Not only for the 49ers' success, but also for a good cause. How can people find out more information? Yeah, follow me on social media, Robbie Gold zero uh, nine on all channels, or you can uh, go to Kicks with the number four kids dot uh, eventlify dot com and. Uh, go there to donate to. Robbie, you have a number of accolades throughout your 16 year NFL. That's now you're just ball. now you're just dating me now. I was, <laughs> you know, I've, I, when I started in the NFL, I had hair, you know, now I'm like as old, you know, here's what's sad, you know, and it's great that you play this long. It's awesome. But I was having a conversation with uh, my wife and my kids uh, because my kids watch Sunday night, all football games if they can, but they get to watch the first quarter of a Sunday night football game. And DK Metcalf, when I got in the National Football League, I played with his dad in Chicago. So I was trying to explain to my kids, like, hey, daddy used to play when they're your age with DK Metcalf. He was running on the field with his daddy. Like, daddy was my teammate. And my kids are like, no way. They're like, you're so old, dad. I'm like, yeah, I know. I get it. I'm 37, going to be 38. These kids, um, play, I'm almost getting to the age where – kids coming in the National Football League is the length of time that I played in the NFL. So, um, you know, obviously that's always a good thing when you can play that long, I guess, but definitely getting old. That's for oh, sure. Oh, you're not getting old. You're just getting wiser. Rob. <laughs> Thanks for that. I appreciate it. But 16 years that, I mean, that's an incredible, you know, career and you broke many, many records uh, throughout that time, including a third on the most field goals made in a single season in NFL history. 
uh, first in most consecutive field goals made in 49ers history. You're the Bears' all-time leading scorer. I can probably keep going on and on and on. You're just sitting there like, yeah, I know. Um, is there? <laughs> <laughs> no, keep it going. No, keep it going. Keep it going. <laughs> accomplishment that you hold in the highest regard over your careers or something that you're just like wow sometimes you just sit back and like I did that that's that's incredible you know I haven't tried to sit back and think about what I've accomplished yet because ultimately at the end of the day the longer you play the more you accomplish so whether it be points whether it be field goals you know the only thing that I'm missing in my career I mean I've been to a pro bowl I you know I'm an all-time leading scorer I'm for well I just take out New York because I had 12 field goal attempts but you know, I'm the highest percentage field goal leader in all the organizations that I've ever played for. Um, and all that's cool. And it's great. And it's amazing. But at the end of the day, like I'm missing a Super Bowl win. And I played in two Super Bowls. And I was like, Oh, you played in it. That's awesome. I'm like, yeah, no, my brother played, my brother coached in one here in Levi Stadium. And, and he's got a Super Bowl ring. I have two losses. So uh, for me, you know, what I'm trying to find later in my career is you know what I've noticed is, is is that if I'm playing I'm probably scoring points I'm probably making field goals I'm probably doing things that you climb the National Football League career ranks in but none of that matters at the end of the day because this is a team sport and you got to do your job to help the team win and the ultimate goal is to hold up the Lombardi trophy and um Every team has a different path by which they take, you know, and I think that's very apparent on the two teams I've played on. It's very apparent on this team who has a lot of uh, characteristics and talent. Uh, you know, obviously we've been a little banged up, but we have the ability, I think, to make a run. Uh, you know, you look at the New York Giants when they won their two Super Bowls, they were nine and seven. So, you know, for me, it's just a matter of we got to play well enough to get in the dance. And once you get in the dance, Let's just have some fun and, and do it again, right? So, um, yeah, it's fun. It's cool. People talk to me about those things from time to time when, you know, either they're on their fantasy teams or walking down the street or, you know, doing different things. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's awesome and fun. But, you know, the only thing I really care about is winning a Super Bowl. Um, and the older you get playing in the National Football League, um, unfortunately, that's all that matters, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, uh, you know, and to me, if – you know, guys aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing or not working as hard or things like that. Um, you know, you just realize how hard it is to get back to the Super Bowl um, and understanding that really that's the biggest, that's the highest of the high for everybody because not everybody can make a Pro Bowl. Not everybody can play 16 years in the NFL. But if everyone plays well and plays together, you can win a Super Bowl. So uh, the moral of this conversation is that we need to get Robbie Gold a Super Bowl championship. There. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Robbie, I am going to let you go. But before I do so, uh, there's one last thing that we do in every podcast. And we talk about food because that is my favorite thing in life. Um, but I'm going to give you a choice. First, I'll, I'll give you the choice and I'll break down what we're going to do. What would you rather eat? A taco or a street dog? Taco, for taco, sure. Perfect. Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. I do enjoy a good Taco Tuesday. Okay, here's what we're doing. So every week, we talk about a food that comes from a city that you are playing against. So when you guys were in New York, it was pizza. When it was Miami, it was a Cuban sandwich. So this week, you chose we're going to do tacos. What we're going to do is we're going to build the perfect 49ers taco, but 
with people on the roster or position groups. So each position group or player, your choice, is going to represent a different item on our okay. 49ers taco. Make sense? Sure. All right. So we're going to start with the tortilla. Who is the tortilla of our 49ers taco? First of all, I have to do a hard shell. I don't do a soft shell. It's a hard oh, shell. Oh, it has okay. to be a hard shell. Okay. So I have to, if I have to pick a hard shell taco, I'm going to pick – I'm going to pick Quan Alexander for the – I think seeing what he went through last year with his injury and coming back as fast as he did, seeing, you know, the things that he's done and played through, I, I think he's probably one of the toughest guys on our team. So um, I'm going to make him the, uh, the, the hard shell. That's a really good answer. Like coming back from a pectoral tear, like if I stub my toe, I'm out for a week. So that's really <laughs> good. I like You both. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who is the protein? Who's the meat of our taco? That's hard because I have like 30 guys I could pick on the O and D line. You know, that's a very – I'm going to take all of them, all offense and defensive line. I think uh, they're the right amount of spice. They have the right amount of uh, – they're all big and, and hefty and love to eat. So, you know, we'll, I, I'd prefer a chicken taco over uh, beef or pork. So, uh, <laughs> but I think any one of those big fellows could be the meat for sure. What's being the common theme amongst like these food – 49ers roster breakdowns is usually when we go for the protein, it's always the O-line, D-line. Every well, single time we do. If I had to pick one, I'm taking DJ Jones because his dad owns a barbecue place. Like, I, I'm, like he can't screw up the meat. Like, he can't. He, he, there's no chance. So if I had to pick, I'm taking DJ Jones as a single for sure. You know, you know what? I had him last week, and I feel like he said you for one of the answers. And I <laughs> listen. But he went for all a cherry on top. It was probably ice cream or something you guys were talking about, right? <laughs> we did our Cuban sandwich last week. Okay. How about the cheese? I'm a big cheese girl on my tacos. That's why, you know, maybe street tacos aren't my favorite because they don't have cheese. But I, I love cheese on my tacos. So I love American cheese before any other cheese. But unfortunately, on tacos, you can't really eat American cheese. So um, if I had to pick, uh, it'd probably be Pepper Jack or a little bit of a spice to it. Um, I'm going to go with Fred Warner. And I'm going to go with Fred Warner because I think, uh, you know, the style of play that he has and the energy that he brings, um, he flexes all the time when he makes a tackle. I mean, he just it's the right kind of spice for football, which means he's, he can make up the cheese of Pepper Jack for sure. I like that response. Okay, what toppings do you eat on your tacos? um usually cheese lettuce sour cream and guacamole boom who's our lettuce oh man i that's hard because that means i gotta say who's my like most boring teammate like you put lettuce on there just to have some texture like it's a hard i can't do that crunch i like crunch like i'm big on whatever i eat i, I know I, but it has no flavor it has no taste you're only doing perfect. it for the texture so okay. Maybe like that would be like me saying well my most boring teammates, Mish Wisnowski or something like that. that. They would like hurt their feelings. I can't do that, you know? <laughs> All right. That's fine. No lettuce. What about our sour cream? See, sour cream is like a perfect type of taste, but like it's, it's like, it's, it, you don't really shouldn't put it on your taco, but you know, you need it. I have so, I, you know, I think I'm going to go Mike McGlinchey. You know, he's the perfect <laughs> type of person for this because, um, I have a really good relationship with him, and I think he's a guy that is always singing. He's always have energy. 
Um, you always want him around you. Um, he's also a big fella, so we'll take some of that, like, you know, uh, saturated fat, so to speak. Not to say that he's, he's the, like, not put fit or put together, but um, I feel like sour cream has to be a bigger fella with uh, a lot of personality, and that's for sure Mike McGlinchey. All right, finishing this up. Guac and salsa, do you put salsa on? Who are those? Uh, yeah, you can do either or. Um, I think uh, if I had to pick guacamole, uh, I'm going to go Mitch Wisnowski for this one. I think because it's a, you know, guacamole can be made a bunch of different ways. It can be a bunch of different ingredients. Obviously, uh, people usually make it to their liking, but it can be really spicy. It could be really bland. And I think that's Mitch because you have no idea what's going to come out of his mouth and you always are learning something new. Um, so my guacamole and the guy that actually probably, especially for what I do, um, he holds the ball, which is the end, end game to our field goal. So to me, the last scoop of the taco is the guacamole. So Mitch Wisnowski, you are the guacamole. <laughs> Robbie Gold, RG9. That was incredible. An incredible 49ers taco. This was a great uh, podcast. I'm glad to have you on. We're so excited to see what you continue to do and continue to see you raise more money for children's pediatric cancer with Cal's Angels. So good luck out there. And thanks so much for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it.